This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast podcast. Best bits from Friday, December the 22nd. It was a Friday, last Friday before crisp. It was a festive Friday with a bit of fun, a whole number of facts for you. Uh, and of course, we started off with all things Real estate, pretty much been the ongoing theme throughout the year, has it not, property and real estate market. So great to have uh, Louis Harding join us live in the studio, Managing Director for Better Homes UAE. He was in to talk at some of the highlights of 2023. In fact, he only took up his role towards the end of September this year. So really interesting perspective to get from Louis, who'd come over from London, was able to sort of compare and contrast the markets and the market here compared to markets elsewhere. Took us on a bit of a trip down memory lane for 2023 and we also looked ahead to what could potentially and possibly happen in 2024. Johan Eindhagen also joined us a little earlier on. Johan is the Managing Director of Wiz Air Abu Dhabi. They've had an amazing 2023. It's been a breakthrough year in many, many ways in terms of operations out of Abu Dhabi, which have just been added to throughout the year. They've just also celebrated record-breaking uh, doubling capacity while carrying 3 million passengers. The numbers don't lie, that's for sure. And Johan was here to tell us about 2023, but also a look ahead to what we can expect from Wizz Air next year. Continuing the aviation theme, Paul Griffiths. Um, is there a man who is more supportive of the business breakfast? I'm not entirely sure. Paul joined us. He's the CEO of Dubai Airports. Um, he came in just to basically uh, tell us what to expect over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, over the Christmas period into the New Year period and early January as well before going back to school. Loads of people expected to use the facilities at Dubai airports. Uh, they call this one Fly Away Friday back in the UK. I like Paul's phrase in, his, in our little chat here where he says, well, I think it's fly in, fri- it's fly in Friday and Saturday for us or fly in for over the next couple of weeks. So Paul gave us the numbers, also a little opportunity for us to look back at some of the highlights of the year with him and ahead to 2024. We came in to news that the UA Central Bank had revised its growth forecast up to 5.7% uh, for next year. We got reaction to that from the good people at Emirates NBD. So that was just one of a number of talkers on what was a fun Friday down here on The Business Breakfast. This is The Business Breakfast on your festive Friday. It's the last Friday before Christmas uh, to all those that, uh, of course, are celebrating Christmas. All the best uh, of the season to you. To all those that are getting a bit of time off at some point throughout the next couple uh, of weeks, uh, then I hope you are taking advantage of the season as well. BB on air throughout, so we will be your partner uh, throughout the Christmas week. In fact, we're on uh, on Monday uh, all the way through to the, inter- the end of the week, so do tune in. Uh, for more from Business Breakfast and, of course, Dubai I-103.8. But in the meantime, uh, we are asking you for your triggers uh, out there. Or have we come up with an alternative word yet? Prompts. I've tried prompts. Trigger just sounds Reminders. upsetting. Reminders. Yeah, but you want something. It's that Sparks. thing, isn't it? Trigger doesn't have to be negative. I know that it's sort of... In... How about the bill? Pavlov's dog. Right. What's that got to do with George's with me? I understand. I understand. Um, anyway, I'm going to go with Trigger because we're just basically asking you, listen, are you one of those people that gets into the holiday season? Do you get into the festive spirit? And if so, what is 
Uh, what's the one thing that sort of uh, gets you gets you going? Got a lot of people getting in touch with us in terms of suggestions. Keep them coming. Four zero zero one. If you want to have your say, uh, thank you very much indeed to Mohammed. He said it's all all about home alone. Uh, Matt Stanley is gone double bubble on his uh, Christmas um, uh, cracker jokes. Uh, apparently, that's what does it for him. Uh, he's got another one for us. What did Cinderella say when her photos didn't arrive in time for Christmas? I don't know. What did Cinderella say when her photos didn't arrive in time for Christmas? One day, my prince will come. Ah! You need some sort of babumch. Babumch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, uh, not to be outdone, Finn's also got involved as well. How, do, how does a snowman travel? I don't know. How does a snowman travel? By icicle. Oh. oh. Uh, very good Finn thank you very much indeed Finn thanks for that one Uh, (laughs) thanks also to uh, somebody sent in this one in fact it was Finn who says well it's just not Christmas without driving home for Christmas oh I can't wait to see those faces driving home bit of an anthem thank you very much indeed for that one we've also had this one from Georgia I've been known to listen to that in February. Uh, you have, have you? Okay. <laughs> Were you mince pies? Just a, no, no, I don't. I don't actually like raisins. So, you know, basically puddings, desserts during Christmas are off for me. Um, but yeah, I, I just, just like a bit of Mariah. You know that she's coming. Mariah Carey, yeah. Abba Dhabi. She's going to be on Sadia Island on the 6th of January. You got your tickets, yeah? I've got tickets, yeah. I bought them. Look at that. Yeah, Random pocket. Very excited. That's yeah. what Mariah means. To Georgia. Uh, Noni, I, I, I charged you with coming up with a trigger for me. What was yours? I've realised why I don't have the triggers. Because I grew up in a southern hemisphere Christmas when it's the sun shining brightly and the smell of prawns on the barbie that trigger my Christmas Okay, feelings. and you're not finding it at the moment, are no. you? We've got a little bit of this. Through the bush <laughs> in a rusty holden ute. We're continuing the trend of slightly random. It's summertime and I am in my singlet shorts and thongs. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells. Very good indeed. I like that, actually. Very like it. Did you come up with that? Or is that Isa? I think producer Isa might have uh, had something to do with that. Oh, really? Very good. Well done, Isa. Thanks. Right, it's the business breakfast. Plenty to look forward to in the eight o'clock hour this morning. We're looking at growth here in the region. 2023 has been a good year, that's for sure. Uh, And it looks like 2024 is going to follow suit. It does indeed. Yeah, looking very good indeed. Uh, Up to, they are revising their report. They issued it yesterday up to 5.7%. That was compared to the previous projection of 4.3%. It's not often that bankers come out and go, sorry, I was wrong, but they have this time. Thank they you have team. indeed. Uh, so uptick in the numbers. Uh, we got uh, Katisha Hack, the chief economist, Emirates MBD, uh, who's still working hard at the moment. Have a look at that growth uh, and talk to us about its significance. The UAE Central Bank has published a growth forecast of 5.7% for 2024, up from an estimated 3.1% this year. This is based on a non-oil growth forecast of 4.7% and oil and gas output growth of 8.1% next year. 
The oil GDP forecast looks a little high to us as the UAE agreed at the November OPEC Plus meeting to deepen production cuts in the first quarter of next year, and we only expect a gradual increase in output over the remainder of 2024. For businesses and consumers, though, the non-oil growth forecast is more relevant. We've penciled in non-oil growth of 4.5% in 2024, similar to the central bank's forecast, which is slower than the growth we've seen this year. However, this is consistent with slower global growth in 2024 as higher interest rates impact consumption and investment. That's Katija Hack. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. We know that 2023 has been a significant, a record-breaking year uh, for the team at Dubai Airports. But lest we forget, uh, it is a very busy time of the year. And in fact, today is Fly Away Friday. Uh, sort of a term that's dubbed or come out of the UK, but can be adopted elsewhere. Um, Heathrow's, uh, Heathrow Airport, uh, London's Heathrow Airport, is expecting about 250,000 travellers to take flights uh, today uh, from Heathrow as they take advantage of the end of the week into the holiday season as well. And guess where comes out top of the destination list? It is, of course, Dubai. To reflect on that and other stories, we're joined in studio by the CEO of Dubai Airports, Paul Griffiths joins Georgia and myself this morning. Paul, great to see you. All the best for the season. Good morning. Thanks so much, Tom. Good to be here. Uh, Flyaway Fridays, is that a significant uptick? Well, actually, it's more fly-in Friday for Dubai. (laughs) Um, Our busiest day, we're expecting tomorrow, 279,000 people will be travelling through DXP. Not one to say, so take that, Heathrow, but I'm just saying, we are the number one for visitor arrivals and departures. Tomorrow is, I think, a new high. 500,000 people will be arriving in the city over the next couple of days and over the 29th to the 31st of December. So it's going to be a very busy time. All hands on deck. No time for Christmas pudding. Not just yet, at least. Not just yet, Um, no. That sort of rings true, though, doesn't it? If you think of the logistics, a lot of people taking advantage of end of school term over in the UK, uh, the beginning of that Christmas holiday period. So you're getting to Heathrow, you're probably getting one of the later flights or the uh, the, the, the red eye uh, the following morning, which would mean arriving at your airport, Paul, tomorrow morning throughout the day. I mean, how, how, how do you set up for a day when you know that you're going to have so many numbers coming through the arrival gates? How do you prepare for that? Well, I think the thing is, we've had a lot of practice by now. And I think the best thing is to make sure every single stakeholder knows what the numbers are going to be like. And they're well prepared for it. All the technology is working. We've got this vast um, AOCC, the Air Operations Control Centre, which is fully manned 24-7, monitoring every single aspect of the airport operation. It's like a fast-flowing river. We cannot possibly have any log jams, and everyone knows that, and we're all focused from roads to taxiways to runways. Um, everything we hope is going to work like clockwork and everyone will have a great experience. How Do you have like a airport CEO WhatsApp group as well? So when Heathrow sort of released those numbers and they highlight the fact that Geneva is going to be their destination for short haul, Dubai is going to be their destination for long haul, 
Do you get the WhatsApp from the boss of Heathrow going, Paul, get ready, mate, because we've got a load of boots coming through your gates? We don't quite communicate at that level, but we've got some great technology. We've got something called the Airport Community App, which has something like 22,000 subscribers here in Dubai alone. And that means every single person involved in the delivery of the aviation miracle here in Dubai are all connected on that app. And you can see absolutely everything, predicted delays, um, issues with baggage. It's all there for everyone to see. And making it visible actually is a big way towards sorting any problems and I think it's really really helped I mean our baggage delivery is the best in the world now we mishandle um, less than one bag per thousands which is seven times better than the world average so I think the focus on the operation and the absolute obsession with creating not just the largest volume and making it flow but the best experience as well that's not um, a, a, you know, a millisecond away from anyone's mind over this busy period. Busy period, as you mentioned, and you highlighted that uh, tomorrow is going to be one of those of one of the busiest as well. Is that sort of indicative of the the period as a whole, all the way up to and through New Year? I think so. The busiest month we had this year was actually earlier in the summer, August. Seven point nine million people came through. But actually, I think there's been a big uptick over the last couple of weeks. We've had some of our busiest days ever. And I think the way the weekends are forward with National Day holiday, then the schools breaking up and now um, the holiday period being over a weekend, people have taken those extra days. And we've seen those peaks bunch, particularly on a Friday. In terms of the, the, the one thing I've noticed as well, just in terms of trends, yes, a lot of people coming in for Christmas, but New Year sort of stands alone here at the moment. We had those great stories, didn't we, last year of planes packed with passengers with curlers in their hair. They were getting changed into their glam rags before hitting the, uh, the parties in Dubai when they arrived, etc. Is there an indication of that? Is it going to be a busy one for New Year? Well, most definitely, because I think what you can see, if traffic is at the airport at the highest level, we've seen it, and yet traffic on the roads is down, that must mean more people in hotels, more people arriving. So I think, yes, we're going to have a, a bumper new year and people will be arriving en masse to take advantage of those fantastic celebrations we're all planning. You've got all those arrivals, got all those leaving as well. You are managing all that. There are so many tertiary industries involved and are to the airlines themselves. What about the sort of services as well, Mahaba service, etc.? Do they see a sort of uptick in demand at this time of year? They've been unbe unbelievably busy. You can imagine during COP28, we had the busiest season for our VIP handling terminals that we've ever seen. And actually, I think people are prepared now to pay for those additional services, access to lounges, VIP uh, treatment. And there's been a massive increase in demand in that as well. So people are looking for that element of personalization. But we hope actually the overall improvement we're making across the airport, all of our restaurants and bars, we've just opened a few new ones over the last couple of weeks, they'll be well patronized as well. So there's something there at DXB for everyone. As we sit here, what, with a few days remaining in 2023, how do you reflect on the year that was? I think it's been an absolutely fantastic year. We've just got our employee engagement results. They are at the highest ever. Uh, and I think it's something of a testament to the team that 
we actually had to lose something like 800 of our staff over the pandemic. But actually, the people that have remained have been more loyal, more productive and more engaged than ever before. And I think it's a great testament to them that we've been able to continue to deliver growth and fantastic service quality. And I just hope that for 2024 and beyond, we can continue that mantra. I've got a great team, couldn't do it without them. And across the whole aviation industry here in Dubai, which employs hundreds of thousands of people, uh, everyone's done such a good job. And I think we're the envy of the world as a result. I'm not going to disagree with a single word of that. And judging by what you're saying, more for 24, is that right? Absolutely. More for 24, more growth. We're going to hit hopefully over the 90 million during the course of the year. More destinations, more airlines, more frenetic activity at the airport. But hopefully you won't notice any evidence of that. Everyone will have a very calm and smooth experience throughout the whole of the year. If not, I'm sure you're going to let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you will be here to answer it, I'm sure. Listen, I can't thank you enough for all of your efforts, all your help throughout the year as well. Great to catch up with you towards the end of the year, Paul. So to you and all your team down at Dubai Airports, from all the team down here at Dubai Eye, we thank you for everything. Thank you. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Right over the last year, it really feels like Wizz Air has slightly got into its stride. I think um, I think it was as we were heading towards the summer that lots of people were talking about it, as um, bigging it up as a genuinely cheaper option as flight prices more generally soared. And as a consequence, uh, the Abu Dhabi-based airline has indeed joined something, enjoyed something of a record-breaking year. They've been carried three million passengers in 2023. And joining me now to talk through a few more of those numbers is Johan Eidhagen. He is the managing director of the airline, joining us on Teams. Good morning, Johan. All well? Yeah, all good. So lots more passengers, but you're also laying on lots more flights. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a great year for us. A sky-high year of record growth. Uh, we've grown almost 150%, so more than doubled our uh, passenger growth. It shows that uh, people are uh, loving the low fares. They're looking for ways to travel. Uh, there's uh, It's producing growth in the economy. Uh, so it's been a great year for us. And, of course, uh, based upon that, we've been adding flights throughout the whole year and, of course, having to grow our organization as well as a result. Now, this might be because I'm used to the European market of uh, cheaper flights. But Mm. often when you're booking a cheaper flight, you know that you're going to compromise perhaps on reliability. Is is that something that people have to compromise on here in the UAE? How do your flights perform on timings? No, we've had a great year. Uh, We've actually didn't have a single cancellation over the whole summer up until the event in uh, uh, that happened in uh, in Israel. But uh, before then, uh, we didn't have a single cancellation. We've been uh, operating a reliable airline, and we know what to focus on. People are focused on three things, which is that they want to find a safe airline, a reliable airline, and they want to access low fares. And we provide that to our customers. And that's the model that's been adopted in the UAE, and people love it. How are you competing? Is it basically just about finding different source markets, different airports to the main carriers? Well, we uh, offer 40 destinations out of the UAE. Uh, so we connect both Europe, we, uh, Central East and Asia. Uh, we connect, of course, short flights. So it's a strong mix. So everything around the network is providing everything from short, uh, less than one hour flights up to the, our longest flights, which are around six hours. So this is kind of like our portfolio of offerings that we do. Uh, so we've been building up a, a closer network. So we actually offer everything from visiting friends and families to weekend breaks to 
going off and exploring the unknown and to some new and cool destinations. What is it actually like when you get on a Wizz Air flight? I have to admit, I haven't I haven't booked with you guys yet. Does the uh, does the airline does the, the the craft itself feel more sparse? You know, would you notice a difference? No, but I mean, first of all, we offer we operate from the same airports as uh, other airlines, so the boarding experience is the same as you get from other airlines. So we just opened up operations in, of course, the new uh, Abu Dhabi uh, Terminal A, uh, which is a fully modern uh, airport, which offers us capacity to grow as well. Uh, we also fly from uh, our onboard experience is a no thrills experience. It's uh, brand new aircraft uh, which are operating a high density configuration. But of course, as with all low cost airlines, you can upgrade. You can choose to have uh, up to extra extra long uh, uh, long seating, uh, and you can buy extra thrills on board if you want to. Food, drinks, etc. Same as everywhere else. But it's an unbundled product, so you can choose exactly what you want to do. If you want to fly at the absolutely lowest cost, then you can just bring your rucksack and get on and hop. And if you want to bring your uh, family and have a nice, comfortable trip and and, uh, pack lots of bags, you can do that as well. I imagine you work very closely with Abu Dhabi's tourism department. Uh, Is the idea Mm -hmm. that Wizz Air will introduce more source markets to Abu Dhabi? I mean, absolutely. I think our, our... what we do, we're trying to really build tourism in, in the UAE. And to do that, we have to be able to to um, bring more passengers on board and bring passengers from a variety of markets. I mean, people who uh, probably the UAE attracts people from all types of destinations, and this is always and constantly changing. So we're always trying to find new markets to, to access. How are you managing to keep your flights so much cheaper? And might it have to change going forward? You know, we've got various pressures on the airline industry upstream in 2024, you know, rising fuel costs potentially. Uh, the the price of sustainability, of course, might come into play. Well, I think our cost base is always relative to our uh, competition. So we always uh, try to deliver the absolute lowest cost by utilizing our product. So we have a high density configuration of 230 seats, on an Airbus A321, which is uh, the most fuel-efficient uh, aircraft available in the market at the moment. And then on top of that, we utilize those. So we fly them uh, constantly during the day and night uh, to make sure that they're always in the air, which means that we uh, get more bang for our buck for every time we fly. Okay, let's look ahead to 2024, record year for you guys this year. How is it looking in the future, looking your crystal ball for us? Uh, we still see that there's high demand. Uh, we, we operate today with... Uh, high load factors. Uh, so we see that this will continue into 2024. I mean, we grew an exceptional 150% uh, this year. We won't be able to grow the same on top of that, but we'll be well into the double digits in terms of growth. And we'll be continuing to find ways to unlock new markets, but also improve the product by adding more frequencies on our current routes. Uh, last year, we added uh, new destinations, uh, especially we focused quite a lot on Egypt. As a new destination, there's a lot of Egyptians living in the UAE, so this is a great opportunity for them to find an affordable way to travel back and forth, but it also enhances commerce. Uh, next year, we'll be uh, trying to unlock some new markets, but at the same time, uh, a lot of it is really, since we have such high demand, we are adding more capacity on our current routes. I've got an extra minute left with you, which gives me the opportunity to ask you uh, that sustainability question. Obviously, uh, increased pressure on airlines, as there is increased pressure on, I think, on every single sector uh, at the moment to try to reduce people's carbon footprint, particularly different, difficult, obviously, uh, for an industry that uses uh, fossil fuels, uses jet fuel. Um, 
Are there ways in which you can reduce that footprint before the introduction of SAF? How have you been looking at it? No, we, we look at it in terms of uh, really trying to use technology and optimization to reduce our footprint. Mm -hmm. So the the more people that share our uh, the carbon footprint of the flight is the better it is uh, for the environment. So uh, the high density configuration and high load factors helps uh, save on those costs because you're splitting the uh, the footprint across more passengers. Uh, we're also investing into production of SAF fuels and companies that are researching and operating to build up SAF supply. And then in the third leg, we're really looking into future technology. So we're working in cooperation with our main supplier, Airbus, on unlocking new technologies such as yeah. hybrid for the 2030s and beyond. Johan Eidhagen, thank you so much, Managing Director of Wiz Airlines. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. So it really has been the story of the last two years, Dubai's booming real estate sector. But uh, 2023 was in many ways the year that the rest of the UAE caught up. We saw significant growth across uh, the Emirates, including Abu Dhabi and Ras Al Khaimah. So let's take a look at 2024. What does it hold for investors and for house hunters and for most of us who are renting uh, for the renters. Let's uh, find out more details. Louis Harding, the Managing Director of Better Homes UAE, has joined us in the studio this morning. Hello. Good day to you, Louis. All well? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, lovely to have you in. Let's have a look uh, back on the year that was. It's been a pretty good one, I would say, if you work in the industry. Uh, yes, it's the, the, the headline is that it's one for the record books. And it's a year where we have seen not only record transaction numbers, but also record price per square foot. And it, it's interesting that your final question was, it must be good for people that are in the industry. Um, and I think there's probably a little bit more balance to that, if I'm being honest. I think, yes, of course, a positive, strong market is always going to be good for people that are directly operating in the industry, but also all the ancillary industries that feed into that. But I think what I would say is that in any market that has risen as aggressively as it has in the last 12 months, it does also create its own challenges. I think prices this year will be close, probably close to 20% increase, certainly late teens. And that can certainly cause problems in terms of managing uh, clients' expectations around what they will and won't accept. Um, and also trying to educate, but also reassure buyers about what, in most cases, is the biggest investment that they're ever going to make. It's also really bad news for people who are renting. Um, and as a consequence, there must have been a fair amount of discomforted people coming through your doors. Yeah, rent, rent, rental prices, again, we don't have the year-end figures, but they're expected to be circa 30% increase, which is absolutely huge. And... It's certainly something that I experienced personally. We, we we only moved to Dubai in September. So we ended up taking something in sort of mid-October. And it's interesting, everyone you talk to, they take great pleasure in telling you what you could have got it for 18 months or two years previous. 2019, that was the year <laughs> to lock in a contract. That was the um, year. Yeah, um, but, but it's because we've seen um, unprecedented demand largely around population growth, which has been well documented. And most of the people that uh, are coming into the region for the first time ha have little choice but to rent. Population growth. Uh, really interesting that you touched on that now. Are you expecting that to continue into 2024? Is that going to be the main 
sort of accelerator of the property market next year as well? Yes, I yes, I think it will be. I think just because we're going into a new calendar year, I, I, I don't think that then suddenly the things that people have found really attractive about Dubai over the last period of time are suddenly going to change. Um, and I think it will continue to be a magnet for businesses due to all the various reasons that we know, whether it's tax efficiency or ease of operating generally. But I think also as the rest of the world um, continues to see a lot of uncertainty for various reasons, I think I think Dubai will just continue to be a magnet for people that want um, want, want a great quality of life, safety, education, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. There's also a suggestion that interest rates are going to come down. I mean, surely that just makes for more competition in the housing market because people will suddenly be able to afford more. Yeah, I think it does. I think I think what's very interesting about the last 12 months is that um, Dubai real estate market has performed unbelievably in the face of global economic difficulties. So we are most likely at the top of an upward cycle in interest rates, mm. yet that doesn't seem to have deterred what's happened in the marketplace. Well, there's so many people buying with cash as it, well, it, which is it, dazzling. It, it, exactly. So um, proportionately, Dubai has a huge number of cash purchases, um, but also historically that's been the case. So you don't have, you don't almost have that double concern that you have in other countries where you have the affordability issue of people trying to get into the marketplace because they're cash. But you also don't have the concern that certainly people in other parts of the world have now around remortgaging. And I think there are places like the UK where they could be sitting on a bit of a remortgage time bomb, which could then have a knock-on effect in terms of supply. Um, is there any suggestion that it's going to slow down? Is there yeah. any light relief for anyone who's trying to get onto the into the market or trying to get a bit of a rate reduction? Yeah, rate reduction? I, th- I think I think it will slow down, and frankly, I think it's a good thing. I think prices rising fifteen, sixteen, seventeen percent, whatever they end up being at the end of the year. L- let's be honest, that's not a good thing. It's not sustainable. It feels bubbly. It feels it, bubbly. It's not sustainable. Um, it, it buyers will naturally get nervous. Mm. And they'll start using words like you did around bubble. I lo- oh, you or did bubbly. say it. Normally, anyone who works in real estate refuses to go near the word. <laughs> I, well, I, it's it's interesting because I've I've worked in London real estate for the last twenty one years, so my 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 point of reference is very different. Mm. I totally understand that if you're looking at the Dubai prices in a vacuum of only ever being here, I totally understand why you would look at it and think it could be a bubble. But when you peg price per square foot in Dubai compared to the rest of the world, it is unbelievable value. Genuinely, it's unbelievable value. I think uh, the average price per square foot this year, I think the peak was about 1273, something like that. That's still about two and a half, two point eight 2.8 times less than in a London. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part of it is about what is your point of reference. But to, to go back to your original question, I, I do think things will slow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. I think we'll still have growth, but I think we might this time next year be talking about growth of single digits as opposed to late teens. We've been talking a lot about the luxury market there, the idea of people coming in and being cash buyers and and those big sort of penthouse apartments, the gorgeous houses on the palm, they are the headline grabbers. But surely there is now more of a market for moderately priced apartments. A hundred percent. And um, I think everywhere you look, whether it's social media, whether it's online generally, 
when people talk about Dubai real estate, it's always referring to millionaires or billionaires. Mm. And um, there are lots of people in Dubai that are, you know, quote unquote normal in terms of their income and their outgoings and everything else. So I definitely do think that um, developers need to focus more on that, let's say, affordable segment. But I do think luxury will continue to push on. I think you'll see next year, as you as you mentioned, around penthouses, I think you'll see the sort of trophy hunters. I think you'll see a lot of um, redevelopment of large properties on waterside locations because there just isn't the land for new developments there and the continuation of branded residencies. Louis Harding, MD of Better Homes UAE, thank you very much indeed for coming into the studio. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.